self-cesareans. There has to be an easier way to get your kids a womb with a view. I'm Kevin Leeson. Cutting into your own perineum. Taint so bad. I'm Joe Folger. How large does your bladder stone have to be to be commemorated by a Flemish master? I'm Torn Atkinson. Find out on a very exciting episode of Caustic Soda. Self-surgery. Self-surgery. I don't know why. I can't even examine my own motivations behind this, but this episode is the one that I am the most (laughs) excited about out of all the episodes that we've recorded to date. Perhaps that's because of your childhood dream to remove your own appendix. (laughs) Or my childhood attempts at it that (laughs) failed miserably, and I'm just impressed by people who pulled it off. That could be. No need for any listeners to write in when this episode is over to say, hey, you idiots, you forgot about that guy who cut his own arm off when he was trapped out in the woods and because we're not actually going to deal with any amputations. That's a whole yeah. other podcast. We've, we've got so many amputation stories that, w- yeah, it's going to be another it, podcast. It, it deserves There's going to be own. a spinoff series, Caustic yeah. Soda Amputations. Yes. Iatrophobia, as previously discussed on various other Caustic Soda podcasts, is the fear of going to the doctor or of doctors. So if you have iatrophobia and you perform self-surgery, you may be afraid of yourself. And the word origin for surgery is... Chirurgia, Latin from the Greek, chirurgos, working or done by hand, cure being hand and ergon being work. Well, that can apply to a lot of different things, not just surgery. Carpentry, work done by hand. You know, they can't hear you shrug. I don't care. Uh, I brought the pin up today. Dr. Leonid Rogozov. Rogozov. We don't know how to pronounce it. He was a physician in Antarctica uh, and when he came down with appendicitis and there were no other doctors to be found. So he figured the only person who was qualified to remove his appendix was himself. The nearest Soviet research station was more than a thousand miles away, and severe blizzard conditions prevented aircraft from landing. It's so awesome. So the picture shows him with a gaping hole in his belly, two knuckles deep into his abdominal (laughs) cavity. This is from one of my favorite websites. I've mentioned it many times here on Caustic Soda. Was that badassoftheweek.com? Badassoftheweek.com. I did not sleep at all last night. It hurts like the devil. The snowstorm whipping through my soul, wailing like a hundred jackals. Still no obvious symptoms that perforation is imminent, but an oppressive feeling of foreboding hangs over me. This is it. I have to think through the only possible way out, to operate on myself. It's almost impossible, but I can't just fold my arms and give up. I think that may be the most accurate depiction (laughs) of what the actual person would actually sound like that you've managed yet. You didn't think my uh, yokel uh, in tornadoes in tornadoes was the creme de la creme? It was my favorite, oh. but maybe not nearly so accurate. accurate. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. fair enough. He had help from uh, his uh, a driver and a meteorologist who are providing instruments and holding a mirror. Imagine you're the meteorologist down in Antarctica, <laughs> and you get to hold the mirror so your doctor has to operate on himself. Novocaine was used for local anesthesia of the abdominal wall. I went in for surgery to have a mole removed from my toe about a year ago, I guess. I tried to watch. So about halfway through, oh, man, I'm really hot. <laughs> oh, I'm dizzy. Yeah. Is it really hot in here? <laughs> the doctor says, no, you're going into shock. <laughs> this just puts an exclamation point on how badass this guy is. There's no way that you can get the proper angle laid out on a table like he is. <laughs> to like yeah. really get a, get a good look at what you're doing. I'm imagining there's a lot of like 
digging around and fingering and figuring out where everything's at. And it and, says that he, he experienced general weakness and nausea about 30 to 40 minutes after the start of the operation. Yeah. So he's already 40 minutes in. And then he has to have the, uh, a bunch of short pauses of rest repeatedly after that. So, so how long did it take for him to recover? His temperature returned to normal after five days, and the stitches were removed seven days after the operation. I think it resumed his normal duties in two weeks. Two weeks. The operation itself was like two or three hours long. And every time he hit his abdominal wall, it must have been really a real pain in the ass to try and see over that glowing red nose all the time. <laughs> and in 1961, he was awarded the Order of the Red Banner of Labor. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah, he was. This is actually kind of the catalyst for this episode. I read about this guy and I started kind of looking into it. Compiling a list? Yeah, well, you know. Checking it twice? (laughs) Going to find out who's cut their own finger off and who's been nice? Well, there's a guy who came up pretty quickly when we started looking into this. Dr. Evan O'Neill Kane, who uh, was trying to innovate different procedures and so found himself operating on Right, himself. because he wanted to prove to the world that uh, general anesthesia was unnecessary. So his way to prove this to the world was to repeatedly do self-surgery. He didn't just do it once. He did it multiple times. He went for the gold. First and foremost, he uh, removed his own appendix using only a local anesthetic. Well, well, hang on. That's in 1921. He self-amputated one of his fingers that became infected. Oh, I didn't even read about that 1919. One. So just removed it. Sure. Yeah. You don't need it. Did they not have antibiotics in 1919? Or perhaps they were hopelessly infected. And then two years later... He's doing all these other self-surgeries with one less finger. This guy, He should be on super badass of the week. Yeah, I, I think this com. guy might be a little bit cracked in the head. He was the it. chief surgeon of New York City's Kane Summit Hospital. Yeah, named after himself. It's just he's like the cockiest doctor <laughs> in the world. Yeah, he he's named like, his I, hospital after himself. I don't trust anybody to operate on me but me. <laughs> you guys think you're doctors and surgeons. You got, got nothing on me. And this is why this guy isn't quite as bad as Rogozov, because the other people holding the mirror over his abdomen so he could operate were other doctors yeah. as well. So uh, right. he didn't have to, his backup wasn't a meteorologist and a driver. So took out his own appendix. At the, even, at the age of 60. I don't even know. He's got a if, steady hand. If his appendix was actually infected. I think he just did it. Don't uh, need this. This is another reason why he's further down the list than Rogozov. Rogozov is suffering from <laughs> an impending eruption. I'm going to find all the pieces of my anatomy that I don't need. I don't use this out. ring finger very much. <laughs> yeah, I don't need gun. my appendix. Yeah, what else? Right. And in 1932, at the ripe old age of 70, performed uh, a surgery to repair an inguinal hernia. Uh, because of the close proximity of the femoral artery, it was a particularly delicate operation, and he performed it in just under two hours. A hernia. A hernia I don't, I don't know what inguinal means. Uh, living with a hernia by Weird Al Yankovic. He names all the <laughs> he names he names all the types of hernia. So anybody out there needs to know all the different types of hernia out there. You can uh, just, just uh, visit uh, just, weirdal.com. An inguinal hernia is the most common type of hernia. This is the one that actually impresses me about Doctor Kane because this one he was actually sick. And right. uh, he actually did an, an operation that was actually necessary. Three operations on himself over the course of 13 years. Thumbs up to that guy. Oh, look at this picture of where the ingu- inguinal hernia is located. Look at this right down here. I'm looking at it. Right near your scrotum. Yep. It's right in behind the pee-pee. Oh, that's why they do the old uh, cough. Turn your head and cough when they grab your balls. To see if you have an inguinal hernia. That's right. I think you're right. Well, the turning your head is just so you don't cough on the doctor. There's another story, which is a personal favorite. This is a tale uh, recounted by Dr. Nicholas Tulp in 1620. A famous surgeon? Yeah, Nicholas Tulp was the surgeon that uh, Rembrandt painted. He, he, anatomy class a, of yeah, Dr. Tulp or whatever. Exactly, exactly. So that, that's probably where we all know Dr. Tulp from. 
But he wrote a book called Observationes Medicae. I'm sure that is uh, Latin. Probably Medice. Yeah. But who can say? And maybe not Observazione <laughs> either. He tells a story about a blacksmith. Joannes Lateus is the one that's used in the actual medical book. Uh, but there's a painting that is done to commemorate this moment. Painting by Carol van Savoyan yeah, in he 1655. To, he refers to him as what? Jan de Doot. I'm going to read the uh, paragraph word for word. Okay. Right out of the Observation <laughs> Medicae. Having decided that no one but himself would cut into his flesh, he sent his wife to the fish market, which she didn't mind doing. Only letting his brother help him, he instructed him to pull aside his scrotum while he grabbed the stone. Uh, he's trying to remove... A bladder stone. Uh, he's doing a lithotomy. A lithotomy, which is a removal of a stone that's formed inside a hollow organ such as the bladder or kidney. Yeah. But this one was found uh, in his perineum, between his scrotum and his bum hole. That is so, what we refer to as... The taint. The taint. The, the it, official word is the taint. Because it the taint. taint your butt and it, it taint your balls. Classy. <laughs> To, uh, to resume, Please do. Uh, he instructed his brother to pull aside his scrotum while he grabbed the stone in his left hand and cut bravely in the perineum with a knife he had secretly prepared. Mm -hmm. And by standing again mm. and again, managed to make the wound long enough to allow the stone to pass. <laughs> to get the stone out was more difficult, and he had to stick two fingers into the wound on either side of it to remove it with leveraged force. Mm. And it finally popped out of hiding with an explosive noise and a tearing of the bladder. <laughs> Maybe maybe Effect. not so accurate a portrayal of what actually happened. Uh, unlike your dead-on Russian accent. Now the more courageous and careful operation was completed, and the enemy that had declared war on him was safely on the ground. He sent for a healer who sewed up the two sides of the wound together and the opening that he had cut himself and properly bound it up, the flesh of which grew so happily, but the wound was too big and the bladder too torn not to have ulcers forming. But this stone, weighing four ounces, that's a quarter of a pound, people, that he took out of his taint. This stone weighing four ounces and the size of a hen's egg was a wonder how it came out with the help of one hand without the proper tools. And then from the patient himself, whose greatest help was courage and patience, embedded in a truly impenetrable faith, which caused a brave deed as none other. I... Love that story. I love that he has a happy taint now. Yes, that is. Happy taint sounds like, I don't know, like some kids show monster. Hey kids, I'm happy taint. To even imagine a bladder stone the size, a four ounce bladder stone the size of a hen's egg. And then to just occur to you, to just, ah, I'll just cut it out myself. And that's exactly the painting by uh, Carol Van Savoyen in, yeah. of him holding his knife and his stone, egg-sized stone. <laughs> Pretty awesome. It's awesome. You know what gets lost in this story? And I even glazed over it when I, while reading it. But at the very beginning, I just want to point out that while this whole thing is going on, the real hero is his brother who is holding his scrotum to one side <laughs> while he performs the operation. So he's face to face with this gaping wound in his taint while having his brother's scrotum fully in his grasp. He's the real hero. I'd story. do it for you, man. I'd do it for you. I wouldn't ask you to do it for me. Oh, thank the maker. <laughs> I'd get some kind of kidney stone magnet. <laughs> That's very powerful and do it from a distance. <laughs> just like lie on your back with your legs in the air, stirrup <laughs> style, and just have it like sucked right out of your... <laughs> Clang! <laughs> Wilhelm. Okay, I've um, got one. All right. Werner Forsman, who is a physician from Germany, 
he was 25 when this happened. People thought that you couldn't put things in the human heart. You couldn't operate on or in them because uh, it would just be fatal. The heart would, would give up. He believed that it was completely possible and decided to prove it by experimenting on himself. And so in 1929, while in Eberswald, he performed what is uh, known as the first human cardiac catheterization. Uh, he ignored his department chief's commands to not do this. When his nurse assistant tried to stop him, he tied her to an operating table. I thought that this story was going to go really wrong. Like he was going to tie his assistant to an operating table and, and then, then operate on her. Well, this is this is the self-surgery episode. <laughs> uh, then he anesthetized his own lower arm and inserted a cannula into his antecubital vein, threading it 65 centimeters all the way to his heart. What, through the vein? Uh, through the vein into the heart. Yeah. What? Uh, afterwards, he walked making my skin crawl. Afterwards, he walked some distance to the X-ray department to photograph the catheter, which was now lying in his right atrium, so the right chamber of his heart. Right uh, now, cardiac catheterization is now used to uh, do things such as uh, delivering drugs directly into the heart, injecting uh, radiopaque dyes, uh, or even just measuring your blood pressure directly in the heart. Uh, I was going to say, did he get the red banner of labor? <laughs> Well, he's German, but uh, anyway, so he got an unpaid position at the Berliner Charité Hospital uh, working under Ferdinand Saarbrück. But once Saarbrück saw his paper and found out how he did this, he was thrown out of the hospital. Uh, Saarbrück commented, you certainly... Sounds like a house episode. You certainly yeah. can't begin <laughs> surgery in that manner. He uh, actually ended up getting some uh, disciplinary action for this and had to quit cardiology and take up urology. Wait, so this guy made one of the most important discoveries right. in heart surgery history. Now. And he was drummed out of the business by right. the establishment. Into the pee room. Now, fast <laughs> yeah. fast forward to 1956. He became the pee doctor. So this is like almost 20 years later. 17 years later. Werner Forsman wins the Nobel Prize in Physiology or Medicine. For his, for for his work in heart, his work balls. His work in heart, and yes. Balls and... So his self-surgery... Won him the Nobel Prize, advanced medicine incredibly. At 17 years I old. thought he was going to win the Nobel Prize for finding the urethra and shouting, <laughs> right. Urethra! I found it! <laughs> wah, wah, wah. <laughs> I like that. That was good. Oh, yeah? I don't know. I was wondering. It was right. a Kevin joke. You can't just except, call every bad joke a Kevin joke. Except, 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 except <laughs> it was a Kevin joke, except it was good. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I only said that because it was funny, not because it was true. Okay. Thank you. It ended with him dying of heart failure in oh! 1979. It's sad that he died, but you knew he was going to go by heart failure. I mean, he's, I he's mean, not going to get hit by a car. He'd suck a catheter into his heart. How else was he going to die? Yeah, exactly. You know, it only took another 50 years, 1979. Yeah, imminent danger. So he did all right. His family could have sued him for malpractice. Self-surgery for science. Now, do we have any stories where any women perform cesareans <laughs> on themselves? I think we do, Tori. Oh, interesting. This lady may put all the people that we have oh, talked wow. about prior to this to shame. Ramirez Perez. Nice. She lives in rural Rio Talea, Mexico, uh, which is a town of only 500 people, one phone for the entire village. And in March of 2000, this 40-year-old mother of seven, so she's been through the birthing process a couple of times. She knows, she knows how it works. Yeah, oh, she knows wow. the ins and outs. She knows doesn't even hurt anymore. The lay of the land. Yeah, usually. Did usually. you say the lay of the land? <laughs> so she started labor and uh, assumed the, a birthing position by sitting upright and leaning forward. But after 12 hours of continual pain and little advancement in her labor, oh. rather than experience another fetal death, like which occurred from her last pregnancy, she decided to operate on herself. 
She drank from a bottle of rubbing alcohol, three small glasses of hard liquor, which is not recommended for a woman in her <laughs> condition. condition. Well, but, the baby's uh, almost, you know, is right on yeah. the verge of being born. It's, uh, now she's on the clock. So she then grabs the 15-centimeter kitchen knife through. She operated on herself for over an hour, reaching inside her uterus and pulling uh, out her baby boy, who began to breathe immediately. She cut the umbilical cord with a pair of scissors and then passed out. When she gained, regained consciousness, she wrapped clothes around her bleeding abdomen and asked her then six-year-old son to run for help. She was eventually taken to the nearest hospital eight hours away by car and underwent surgery to repair complications resulting from the damage to her intestines oh, incurred no. during the C-section. Oh, no. But she was released from the hospital and made a complete recovery. Uh, Ramirez Hardcore. is believed to be the only woman in history to have performed a cesarean section on herself. Her case was written up in the March 2004 issue of International Journal of Obstetrics and Gynecology, and I'm guessing the subtitle was Don't Try This at Home. Good one. We got any more stories? Oh, I got more stories. <laughs> okay. I got a woman during the Civil War who was posing as a man. She was in the 4th Massachusetts Regiment of the Continental Army, and she went by the name Robert Shutliff, but her real name was Deborah Sampson. Right, because you're not allowed to be a woman in the army. You weren't allowed time. to be a woman in the army, and she but said, she was dedicated. This. So she took a musket bullet. Yeah, she was wounded in battle. She was taken to the hospital to be treated, but snuck out so that she would not be discovered as a woman. Yep. Operated on herself and removed the musket ball out of her thigh with a penknife and a sewing needle. And she recovered from her wound and went back to her regiment yep. to serve at the front. None the wiser. And she was wounded again a year later. Uh, and at this point in time, she couldn't self, uh, self-operate. self yeah. So it was discovered that she was a woman. She was discharged. And was discharged from the army. But technically, she was removed from the army not for being a woman, but for being wounded while in the line of duty. So she actually received an army pension. Right. And in 1838, the Congress had to pass a special act granting a pension to her heirs. I think I started out saying this was a Civil War story, but it's not. It's an independence war story. Yeah. So I thought that was fantastic. You know, of, like of all the wars, it was not the most civil. That's ironic. So. Uh, what's that movie with uh, Dustin Hoffman? Tootsie? Yeah. Tootsie. Yeah. yeah, this is like Tootsie with Saving Private Ryan. Are you sure it's no. not Private Benjamin? No. <laughs> yeah, Saving Private Benjamin. That's what the movie <laughs> version of Deborah Sampson's story should be called. It's one of those situations where in order to do the same job uh, that the men are doing that she's trying to do, she has to almost be twice the man. Well said. Because none of yeah. those dudes were digging musket balls out of their thighs and sewing themselves up with a sewing needle. I'd be crying in the bed. Yeah, exactly. More morphine. <laughs> more morphine. I don't want to look at it. Ah. I have one more story that I'd like to impart. Okay. Bring it. Trepanning is the process of drilling a hole in your skull to relieve pressure. Uh, and there's, some ske- there's, there's obviously two competing schools of thought about whether or not this actually does anything positive. The sort of the generally accepted medical community doesn't recommend trepanning. There's the logic and science side of the argument. And yes. then there's the crazy person side of the argument. Yeah. And Amanda Fielding is one of those people. To trepan is Middle English for crown saw. Oh, that makes perfect sense. To bore. To bore in the crown. Yeah. Okay. That makes perfect sense. So Amanda Fielding uh, suffered from a condition that she described herself as exhaustion and pressure in her head. And she spent years looking for a surgeon who would perform a trepanation surgery on her. And of course, they all refused. So she decided that she needed to bore a hole in a tiny portion of her skull in order to allow blood to flow more easily around her brain. And at the age of 27, she decided to do the surgery herself. 
She got herself a dentist electric drill operated by foot pedal. <laughs> oh. She then oh, taped dark glasses to her face in order to keep the blood from running into her eyes. Now, uh, you can That's get online. Weird. You can get online. You can see this because uh, she actually ended up running for parliament in the UK on a trepanation platform. And her, her election poster is a photograph of her performing the procedure on herself. You can, trepanation for everyone. Yeah, trepanation for everyone. All this could be yours, basically, was her, her ad <laughs> campaign. And, yeah, so she's got these, these blacked-out goggles duct-taped to her face, and she's drilling a hole in her skull, and blood is flowing everywhere. It's really haunting and disturbing and disgusting, and I'm not 100% sure why she thought that that would help her get elected. But, but she got 40 votes. Oh, did she? That's, I believe I read that she got well, 40 let, votes. Let me finish the description okay, of the actual sure. procedure. She made an incision with a scalpel and then drilled, dipping the drill bit in water every so often to keep it cool. Mm -hmm. She lost a, uh, almost a liter of blood, but she was pleased with the surgery. And after the next four hours, she described herself as rising up with a feeling of elation and relaxation. Fielding says herself, I went out and had steak for supper, and then I went to a party that night. The big old hole in her head. She, she's made a film entitled Heartbeat in the Brain. Yes, the art film. Uh, and she's run for parliament twice. The official name of her platform is Trepanation for the National Health. And with the intention of drawing attention to its potential benefits, and it should be scientifically investigated. I'm sure it has been scientifically investigated. Scientists have decided that it's bunk as a general rule. Yeah, I know there's a lot of people on the International Trepanation Advocacy Group. Yeah. yeah. What's, their, what's their mission statement there? Making an opening in the skull favorably alters movement of blood through the brain and improves brain functions, which are more important than ever before in history, to adapt to an ever more rapidly changing world. You can't keep up with the times without a hole in your head. If you really needed a <laughs> hole in your head, don't you think natural selection would have taken care of that? They have found, like, skulls with little holes in them from, like, a couple thousand years ago and whatnot. So yeah, no, I read been... something about that too, that there's like lithographs and stuff from sort of the medieval age where it shows people being uh, trepanned. But of course, those people also bled each other with leeches. So you right. can't always trust their medical diagnoses from times gone Let's past. Let's not diss the leeches. They're currently mm. used for uh, some uh, medicinal properties. Yes, absolutely, but not just pure bleeding. The Inca people of 6,000 BC trepanned people as a way to let out demons trapped in their heads. They also performed human sacrifices, though, too. So <laughs> Okay, they... well, if you don't believe the Inca, then in the Middle Ages it was used as a treatment for epilepsy. Yeah, did it work? Hey, it's the Middle Ages. <laughs> what, what could they be wrong about? <laughs> Unfortunately, four out of ten epilepsy patients died from the infections that frequently <laughs> followed trepanation. I guess that's better than 50-50. Better than your chance with the plague, that's for sure. According to uh, one of my favorite books, The World's Worst, A Guide to the Most Disgusting, Hideous, Inept, and Dangerous People, Places, and Things on Earth, the International Trepanation Advocacy Group boasts 15 volunteers, people who have had the procedure in the interest of providing data, support the hypothesis that trepanation is beneficial. If any of our listeners have either performed trepanation or had trepanation performed on themselves, <laughs> please enlighten us. Please write us a paper. There is apparently a 1962 book titled Homo sapiens correctus, the mechanism of brain blood volume, written by a Dutch medical student, Hugo Bart Hughes, claimed that drilling a small hole between one quarter and one half inch in diameter through the skull causes additional blood to flow through the brain's capillaries, resulting in increased mental abilities. I don't 100% trust anybody who has like a very similar first name and last name. Hugo Hughes? <laughs> Hugo Hughes. I don't know, like Humbert Humbert from Lolita. I went to school with a kid named John John. Right? Martian Manhunter? 
That's John Jones. That's John Jones. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. I made the mistake before. I think you're coming from a pretty shallow gene pool if your parents can't come up with a, a first name. <laughs> that sounds different from your last name. What about Butro Butros? Butros Butros. That was his middle name. His last name was Golly. Okay. You win this round, Leeson. <laughs> one for me. Score one, Leeson. Do we know what song we're going to listen to in the break? I have no idea. This reminds me of the time you tried to drill a hole in your head. Well, is there any self-surgery in That the would have worked if you hadn't stopped me. That's from <laughs> Ghostbusters. Yeah. <laughs> nice. In my researches, my looking around, I didn't see any sort of like in the news, anything going on right now that was self-surgery related. No, the most recent was that the, the self-cesarean. Uh, it was yeah, uh, 2004. 2000. Yeah, no, I, uh, I don't think Amanda Fielding has run for office in the UK lately. Uh, so moving on all the way to pop culture. Mm-hmm. Pop culture. Decent amount of this in movies. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course. There's every single 80s action movie ever. The hero has to stitch himself up in some way, shape, or form, right? To prove how manly they are. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. I mean, you got as far 
you know, sort of away from the surgical procedure as, you know, pulling the glass out of his feet and die hard. But then you go to the full on like Rambo stitching his arm back together. Right. Yeah. Well, which yeah. Rambo was that the first Rambo? First Rambo when he falls off when he jumps off the cliff and goes tumbling down through the trees and gashes himself open. Yeah. Right. And in Rambo three he uh had to dig some shrapnel out of his side and then he cauterizes it using gunpowder. Oh, oh nice. that's right. How very MacGyver of him. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, see so every if it wasn't an action movie in the eighties if you didn't have some sort of surgery. If you didn't operate on yourself in some Terminator way. operated on his eye. Yeah, no, yeah. I was actually, does that count? Because he's a robot. Does it count as surgery? I mean, it, he's uh, a, there's, he's, he's orga- a cyborg. He's an organic shell wrapped around an inorganic uh, skeleton. All right. Terminator was on TV last week and I watched it again. Wonderful film. And yeah, that bit where he carves the, uh, it's so funny because you watch it now and you think that that head looks so fake. Mm. Like the head right. he's cutting yeah. into. It's just so obviously yeah. Uh, a rubber cast. A McCann or whatever. But uh, but it looks like what Arnold looks like now. Yeah. <laughs> Just less wrinkles, but he looks as phony. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, at the time, I don't remember really being you were that young struck and, by it. You were young and naive. Yeah, I don't think I remember thinking to myself, oh, so fake. I was like, cool. It's yeah. I am. Back then, we were better hand-waving. Oh, it's a movie. We don't need to, you would let it go. CGI has ruined the movie industry. Yeah, well, now stuff like Avatar and whatnot from the same director. Yeah, you just it's setting the bar so high. Okay, if it's surgery, you know, he does that bit in Terminator 2 where he uh, he gets blasted and has to repair his own arm, so that's why he wears the gloves. Right. In oh, Terminator yeah. 2. Pie? Oh, yeah, the uh, Aronofsky movie. I, you know what? Honestly, I didn't like it, so yeah. I kind of forgot almost everything about it. He trepans himself. Does he? Yeah, with, with a, a power, power drill. drill. I really kind of erased Pie from my memory. I watched it. It was so widely hailed as an art film masterpiece. But the question is, how many digits of pi can you say? Three. 3.14. See, 3.14159926. That's it. Joe wins. You threw the gauntlet down and then just... Of course, he could be lying, but... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Who would know, right? But back to the movie pi. Right. I don't remember much about it either. I remember watching it, but it's all a blur. Yeah. Definitely Aronofsky's best film, as far as I'm concerned, is uh, Requiem for a Dream. Requiem for a dumb. That's oh. what I call that one. Oh, wow. <clears throat> I, We're going to come to blows. Listen, Jennifer Connelly is amazing. I love her. Yeah. And there's some hot scenes in there that Jer- are supposed to, be, supposed to be degrading. <laughs> but I think we just got a snapshot into Joe more the, than yeah, uh, the movie. Did. Hey, man, <laughs> ass to ass. Uh, moving on, <laughs> self-surgery. Uh, no Country for Old Men. It's something recent that, oh, uh, yeah. of course... One of the, uh, my probably my favorite scene in the whole movie when he uh, torches that car outside the, the pharmacy. Yep. So he can uh, sneak in and steal all that steal stuff. Steal all the stuff from the pharmacy. The, yep. Yeah. And goes back to the hotel room, lays out that big sheet of plastic. Yep. Takes his boot off and blood everywhere and starts to mm-hmm. inject all the stuff into his leg. Great and, movie. If you didn't think he was crazy enough before that scene, you understand like how right. driven he is, right? He's a Terminator. You know, he's a juggernaut. He will not stop until he's either killed or he succeeds. True. 2004's Master and Commander, The Far Side of the World. Oh, that's a great one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's the actor's name? Uh, Paul Bettany. Yeah, 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 he's great. He also played uh, Darwin in the uh, the recent uh, biopic creation. Yeah, my favorite Paul Bettany movie of all time is Gangster Number 1. Oh, okay. I haven't seen that. Oh, he kills a guy with a chainsaw? Oh. But yeah. in Master and Commander, oh. he's on the boat. He he's, is the doctor. He's the doctor. And, and yeah. he gets hit by he gets, some splinters? It's a bullet, and he has to remove it from his own abdomen. 
We also see in Master Commander, it's not self-done, but there is trepanation in there as well. Uh, in Master Commander? I don't yeah. remember that. One of the guys, I, if I recall, uh, his brain is swelling, and they had to drill a hole in it to relieve the pressure. Mm. And then they, yeah. I do remember this, they plug the, the uh, hole in his skull with a coin. Right. Oh, yeah. Paul Bettany, what is, he removes a, a musket ball from, from himself? From himself, from his his own abdomen, yeah. Oh, okay. Just love yeah. that film. My, the best shot in that movie is when like they get that really oppressive fog, right? And they're kind of trying yeah. to chase that other boat down. Yeah. Where he is. He's got his telescope out. And he's like looking around. And then you just you just see the flashes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, from, the, from the fog. And you know <laughs> that the, the cannonballs are coming. And then you hear the kind of, you hear the, the thunder coming, right? Uh, just fantastic. Good that soundtrack was, too. Russell Crowe was good in it. Which is kind of hit and miss these days. Yeah, he, he, he doesn't do much in any of his films. Yeah, <laughs> kind of stands around and yells sometimes. I don't know, yeah. Gladiator. There was some some uh, there's some range. He had to show some range for Gladiator. Yeah, he had to stand around and fight tigers and yell. <laughs> <laughs> he had to be friendly to a black guy. Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, I love oh, this the, scene. It's the so face cut. intense. He got it. So he gets his cheek cut out. Has everybody here seen Pan's Labyrinth? Yeah. Yeah, so for our listeners who haven't seen it yet, uh, let's ruin it for you. <laughs> uh, there's a one character, won't say who, yeah, is being held captive by a fascist uh, commander, who, uh, in the attempt to escape, slashes his mouth from cheek to cheek. So, in Joker esque style, his right. smile is twice as wide as it should be. He goes back to his quarters, grabs a mirror, and sews his own face back together. Yeah, it is. Crazy. Guillermo del Toro, I'll tell you. He comes up with some wicked awesome stuff. For a movie that I don't think had like a really incredible budget. That scene, I, I'm getting goosebumps right now just thinking about that scene. Ooh. There's some serious intensity going on. Comics, video games? Comic books, self-surgery. Wolverine, he's the ultimate self-surgeon, right? <laughs> just a built-in healing factor. He must, have done some, of... he must have done some stuff to get something out somewhere. Because if you yeah. get a shot by a bullet... Does his body like eject it automatically? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. They, they. Well, of course, it changes depending on who's writing yeah, it. Yeah. But that has happened because the actual the the Wolverine Origins movie that just came out, he gets Ugh. shot in the head, which is why he has amnesia. Right. But for some reason, his skull doesn't heal, so he has he still has a hole in his skull. Okay. Uh, okay. So it. Hmm. Yeah, there, there's some. But you would think that if he got if like a grenade went off right next to him, he'd get a bunch of shrapnel in his belly and. You would think that the all the skin and muscle would heal over top of them. No, no, his body ejects foreign material. All right, it's yeah. magic, so yeah, okay. yeah, it just pushes it out, right? I mean, the only way to kill Wolverine, of course, is done the Nightmare of Future Past uh, storyline where acid. No, the uh, the Sentinel hit him with like a giant like energy ray that incinerated every molecule of right. his body instantaneously. Because <laughs> if he had if he had one atom of Wolverine left, he would. You know back. what? I bet the Punisher has done self-surgery. Oh, oh he yeah, probably has. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. And uh, I can't think of anything that happened in any of the movies, but yeah. <laughs> I've watched them all. No, I haven't watched the and most I, recent one. I think in yeah, the, you know, well, in the, the first... Batman movies, Batman stitches himself up and then Alfred comes in to take over. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Thomas Jane in the, uh, the first movie of the relaunch of the Punisher, after he fights with the Russian, there's definitely some patching up to do. Is that the one with uh, the guy from Rome as the Punisher? That's Punisher War Journal. The Thomas Jane one is oh, okay. the one I was talking about. And then there's the classic 60s Batman episode where Egghead 
uh, gets his uh, head cut open and he has to sew it up himself. No, I made that up. <laughs> How about, Vincent Price. Vincent Price. <laughs> How about this one? Wally. Wally, the little robot, Again, replaces robot. his own parts. Yeah. 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 Just that technically, but he's robotic. That's not yeah, robot surgery. Yeah. He's got a soul. It's got to count as surgery. I can't think of any video games where they had self-surgery, but they should add it to the next uh, version of Fallout 3. How about just self-surgery the game? And you just, well, that, again, that's all operation. you do is just operate on yourself. That's the whole game. And you start out by, by removing the, the mole from your toe, right? And then you, uh, you, know, you work your way up to the appendicitis. Final one, the final one is you, the heart you gotta, surgery. You got to hit the buttons, right? So you don't go into shock. I'm going to go click, with, yeah. I'm going to go yeah, with the, the final one's going to be brain surgery. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. How not, do you even, not do, just trepanation. Yeah. Cause you need like almost like a four mirror system to, you know, so you'd be backwards and then forwards and backwards again. Yeah, and the controls would be all reversed. Yeah, exactly. The, the <laughs> and then of course you just like you know you're doing something wrong because you smell burnt toast and. <laughs> Caustic soda is made possible in part by the Howard P. Lovecraft Foundation, the Corporation for Morbid Podcasting, and listeners like you. Why not visit causticsodapodcast.com/support and buy every T-shirt in every size in every color? Then you can make a quilt. <laughs>